Hey everyone, Coach Jody here with the Great Flip Podcast. Quick timestamp, we are in the midst of March 2020, in the middle of a home quarantine from that worldwide pandemic, COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus. But today, in the midst of all of this, I want to give you hope and real practical resources for your faith, for fitness at home with your family that you can do safely at home to keep people moving, keep people healthy, and just keep your spirits up. I'm talking to Cindy Koch with 1517's Family Style Theology. It's a podcast. Cindy is an author, a speaker, a theology major. She has such wise insight. She is a CrossFit instructor. She's a jujitsu expert. And she has some great ideas for things that we can do right here, right now to keep our spirits up and beyond. Once we get outside of this time, it'll always be a word of encouragement. You will know what the grand story of your life is, according to God, God's story. So let's just jump right into the conversation. It will be a great uplifting time for all of us. Let's get started. we're in the middle of coronavirus lockdown, this is a perfect time to talk to you, Cindy. You guys are in California. I'm here in the yes. Midwest. Tell me again how your family is doing, what you're doing. And I know you homeschool, so how is life How is life going for you and for everyone around you? Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a strange time out there. However, our schedule hasn't really changed all that much. You know, we do all of our education from home. All their online classes are still going forward. So we're busy in the same old thing. Their friends are all at home, and so their friends are totally bored, have nothing to do. <laughs> We've been having a good time though. You know, when you have a big family and just a lot of people around, then it just, it doesn't seem as crazy, especially if you have some normalcy to your routine. Um, you know, we're a pretty active family. We, you know, do jujitsu and uh, CrossFit and all of those gyms have been closed now because of things. And so that's been, that's been a little bit more difficult to find what do we substitute for those times when we were so active and you know, they were communities, too, that you don't get to see those people. What are you doing at home to, to reduce stress, keep their immunity system up, and just to create a healthy home outside of your normal routine? What, how do you do that at home now? Well, I mean, we're kind of in a unique situation, I think, as well, uh, because I run the CrossFit Kids program at our gym. We've switched all of our, our kids' classes online. So I'm meeting every day, twice a day, with a, a little Zoom meeting place with gosh, we have like 20 kids on. So we're still doing the same thing. It's cool. just kind of different now, you know, instead of using little handheld weights, we'll have them go grab a backpack or a dictionary or, you know, stuff they have around the house and being able to kind of see them work out in their own homes is it's been it's been really different. It's been really fun because we've had to be creative. We play a lot of games. You know, how do you play a game with 20 different people in 20 different places that you can still like, you know, get a score and feel competitive? And Yeah, try to they describe have to... one of your like one of your uh, fun fitness things so a family can like feel like they like, okay, as soon as this podcast is over, we're going to go grab that dictionary or grab something and do what could they do together right now for like five minutes to move their body? So we played recently, we've just played a game. It was a scavenger hunt and 
And so we set a timer for 20 seconds and we all started in a spot. And so then mom or whoever would call out, okay, two burpees, go get a toothbrush. And so that they would do the two burpees, they'd run as fast as they could to go get their toothbrush. If they made it back to their spot with their toothbrush, then they got a point. You know, so it was still kind of something that we could do to sort of be a little bit competitive, have a little bit of fun, but really just get them to move. You know, you could get a little bit more... uh mom aggressive with that and say okay go make your bed or go wash the dishes or go do the laundry to get something functionally done yes intersperse the the chores with the fun and they won't even know they're doing it right yeah and we were talking earlier but you actually have mats in your house so you're actually able to do a little jujitsu training in the house it's perfect for the kids i think my husband bought i don't remember some sort of instructional video and i know our gym is putting out instructional videos since we can't meet right now and so and i know you do the instructional videos as well those are just those are great tools to have so we'll we sat down we watched a video we tried some of the techniques and you know it's like 30 45 minutes of just rolling around a little bit remembering what that feels like I guess the hurdle that I'm finding with introducing you know self-defense to an audience that doesn't really know what jujitsu is and your first reaction to online self-defense oh my gosh what are my kids going to be like karate chopping each other all day long I don't know if I want to introduce that to them but to show them that hey Hey, this you know jujitsu style self defense is more an introduction. It's rolling. It's the gentle martial art and changing that perception around what jujitsu really is and that it, that kids can actually do it. And it's been an interesting journey just you know launching the Great Flip and um, watching. Okay. And that's what I love seeing. You know your kids. I'm like, oh, your kids are doing this and they're finding joy in it. And I think we've talked before about how addicting it became. And maybe you can talk <laughs> a little bit about how, especially for you and really for yeah. me too as a mom is like okay our kids got into it but what is it for you what made it addictive to you or what why did you love it so much well I went into it I didn't want to start jujitsu I was uh, I was fine with everything else I was doing uh my husband started and he absolutely loved it he brought all the kids and they absolutely loved it and then finally my teenager who was a little bit too old for the kids class so she would have had to go into the adult class she's like mom I really want to try this I said all right fine if I'm gonna have to take you there anyway I might as well try it. And at the beginning, it is, like you said, it's very strange. You know, uh, I I was never a fighter. I never, I didn't like touching people. All of this was brand new to me. So uh, once I started, I, I started to realize it gives you confidence in any situation. Like you could look at somebody and go, okay, I know how to handle myself. If somebody does this, touches me this way, or, you know, puts their hand here, I actually know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't freak out about that stuff. So it, it kind of gave me this confidence. But really, I watched my kids and they just blossomed. Their relationships blossomed with each other, uh, their confidence for sure. You know, I have four girls and a boy and giving especially teenage girls something that they can be confident about physically, about their body, about just um, really just knowing how to handle themselves in this world. I thought it was just beautiful to watch them and their journey with jujitsu. So, all right. So the biggest thing that I wanted to talk to you about and pull some some nuggets from you on is your your podcast which is called family style theology which I love I guess describe that to me and then let's talk a little bit about really what parents are probably going through right now it's so timely to say we're we're, we're all stuck at home um, how mm-hmm. do you pull faith into everyday conversation which is what your whole ministry is is this family style theology so that's a lot to unpack but talk to me a little bit about that and how that's so relevant right here right now yeah well I mean it kind of 
started, uh, we've always had conversations with our kids, um, no matter what, just around the dinner table about stupid things. We, Our family has this thing with walruses. I don't know. It's a whole <laughs> long deal. But whatever the conversation is, we just, we'll just talk. And we kind of don't care who comes into the conversation, what kind of ideas they have. And what I started to realize when I talked to my friends with kids is this wasn't something that every family necessarily did. Not every family sat around the dinner table and just talked about things. And not every family was as welcoming to new ideas or different ideas or controversial ideas as we were. And so just kind of watching my kids grow up in this environment at home and then interacting with their friends that didn't get to have these conversations at home, we kind of came up with this idea of family style theology where we could share our conversations with other families. And then it would, you know, hopefully inspire conversations outside of the ones that we were giving. So giving confidence to parents saying, I don't know, that's a great question. Let's explore that a little bit. Or, you know, just giving uh, kids maybe some ideas on thinking outside of themselves, bigger picture questions, that type of, type of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where family style theology started. And I, I mean, it's about, I love theology. Yeah. <laughs> My kids, the pastor. So we We've always talked theology together. My kids have grown up in it, so they've always been, you know, asking questions and contemplating. It's fun to hear, you know, a 10-year-old's view on baptism or something like that, mm-hmm. because adults, we don't necessarily think that way. So it's, it's just fun to have those conversations with smaller minds. And you have probably what a, a parent might say, a great advantage. One, you have a degree in this yourself, theology. You have a husband who is a pastor, another uh, gore on your, in your camp. So parents feel very, you know, inadequate, maybe undereducated in that department because we maybe show up on Sundays or just go to Sunday school. If you could share foundational truths or maybe even a place to go, say, okay, if there's one thing I want my kids to know, and from that, we can decide that if I don't know the answer, we're going to figure it out. But here's what I want my kids to know as they head out the door for college or into life. What are some foundational truths that you are making sure are there, are the, are the, they know that they know that they know, this is what I want you to know. I think just in the, in the realm of conversation, having a conversation, I think a really important point is to feel okay with not knowing all the answers on both sides. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, one of your kids brings you a question that you've never even thought of before, as a parent, it's okay to say, wow, I have no idea. That's a really great question. But then take that next step. Let's figure it out together. And so the question then is like, okay, well, what are the tools? What are the resources to figuring something like this out? Um, I would say, you know, we've been given a lot of people in our lives that have spent most of their life studying these kinds of things. I just got a little taste of it. You know, I got an MA in theology and that was way back, you know, in my in my former years. I've been a mom for more than I can remember. And so there are people, you know, pastors, educators, teachers, those kinds of things that, um, you know, dedicate their lives to sharing resources and being a part of this conversation. Uh, I'm a part of an organization called 1517.org. Well, 1517 is their name, but it's 1517.org. You can find a ton of resources. That's where this podcast uh, actually started. They have a podcast network with a ton of different podcasts. A couple highlights are like 30 minutes in the New Testament, 40 minutes in the Old Testament. And 
so there's lots of things out there and it's just finding, you know, kind of how to connect to those things. So definitely people. And I also try when we do our discussions for family style theology, I always try to put adult resources with the things that we talk about. So we did a whole thing on, um, or actually right now we're doing one on uh, Holy Week. And so we're talking through, you know, Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, all these, you know, liturgical kind of days leading up to Easter. But with each one of those, it's uh, connected to a greater history that I would love it if parents were interested about. And so, you know, I'll give some resources that if you really want some more information about these particular things, you can look in this book or you could go to, you know, this resource or something like that. So yeah, it's about finding the the people and the places that you can get more information if you really want it. I know that oh, with just from listening to your other, you know, podcast, you did a whole fun series on uh, connecting biblical truths to Disney characters, which was really great for like little kids. And they weren't just like the <laughs> Disney princesses. They were like things that even, you know, young boys would like to hear the stories about and to apply the, you know, the good and the evil and the superheroes and the villains and how all that plays into maybe a grander picture that we would have in a Christian worldview. Yes. Yeah. Um, another thing that you asked me to kind of go along with that is what would you want your kids to know mm. out of all of this? Yeah. And uh, time, like you were saying, to contemplate on the story, I think, is the greatest thing that you could do. That's why the, these conversations that I have with the kiddos are, I think they're pretty easy because it's just telling the same story over and over and over just in different ways with different tools. So we can talk about, you know, a great a savior that comes and gives his life to save a lost princess or something like that. We can see that in a fairy tale, just like we can see it in the stories of scripture. And so having that story that runs through everything that we do is, I think, the most important thing that our kids could take away. For you to say that, it's really important because people think there's like an Old Testament story and a New Testament story. But is there really one story throughout the entire Bible? Yeah, there is. It's the same story from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Um, It's a really beautiful story. Actually, I've written an article. I write for a couple different blogs. And the one I just finished is called The Love Story. And it starts, it's the same story, but it's that love story of God and what he does for his people that he loves so much, even in the face of them not loving him back. And it's just repeated over and over and over all the way till the end. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful story. Kids knew that, or even as parents, if we remember that, it might make understanding the Bible a little bit easier because sometimes we compartmentalize each little individual story in among itself and we forget that there's a grander thing happening. So if you could summarize, what is the grand meta narrative or grand story of the entire Bible? Entire Bible. Well, I, it starts I, I used with... a theological word there, didn't I? Meta narrative. <laughs> That's good. I was impressed. <laughs> That's all I know. So the the grand story, I would say not just of the Bible, but I think of our existence, is that there is a good almighty God who has given life. And in this story, life has turned against him and has fought against him. And when he should have punished them, when he should have made life cease, he didn't. He loved his creation so much that he always found a way to bring them back to him. And most ultimately, what that looks like is him sending his only son to die for these people who do not deserve it. And he dies 
and he rises, and then we have his new life forever with God. And that's the end of the beautiful love story. You know what it makes me want to do, talking about like being home and having some time? I think we have um, Chronicles of Narnia, either books or even the the Disney movie is pretty good. But Lent always reminds me of Aslan and the Aslan is on the move Narnia picture. Yep. It's, it's a great, I mean, again, the story, it's just such a good story. Move through that passion of Christ where it starts so exciting and it ends uh, on Good Friday so sad but then the, the conclusion of the story is just so wonderful on Easter morning uh, so we'll talk to the kids about that and just kind of give them a little bit more appreciation of, of how deep it goes that will be I will definitely be listening to that thank you Cindy for your time and I hope your family stays happy and healthy and um, just away from this crazy virus and hopefully we can all go out and see the sunshine soon and give each other big hugs and and go back to jujitsu and crossfit and all the fun stuff that we do. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Had a great time.